0: Hey everybody, this is Hondo Carpenter from Sports Illustrated's Fan Nation, the Las Vegas Raiders Insider Podcast, and part of the Fans First Sports Network. Man, I am so excited to be with my good buddy Matt Holadic from the Spun.com. Now, I've had several of you ask me. Now, Matt and I, Matt, how many years have we been doing this now? It's over a decade, but do you know how many exactly? I don't. I would want to say it's like
1: 11 because that's when Rutgers went into the Big 10 and we started doing it 2012. Yeah, you're right. But I'm not
0: I think that's what it is. Yeah, cuz that would have been in 2012, right? Yep. 2012. Okay. Yep. So we are our 11th year of doing radio and podcasts together every week and Matt is the editor and publisher of the spun.com. And I've had several of you ask me what is the spun? It's A humongous website. It's one of the biggest sports websites in America. And they aggregate all sports, NBA, college basketball, college football, um, pro football, hockey, all of it. It It is really a good site. I like it because you just go there. You get the top. Whatever the top stories are in sports, you get them real quick. I think it's just an easy. I explained it. You guys are like a McDonald's. And, you know, if you want the long form stuff, you would come to me for the Raiders. Mm -hmm. But if you just want the quick hit top of the line, grab a sandwich and go to spun.com. That's why I look at you every day. Matt, is that a fair representation of your website? I think when you ask what is the spun, I think
1: it's the more accurate question is what isn't the spun? Because the spun is pretty much everything. Any story or topic that's, remotely viral or important or, or notable in the world of sports. We tap into it. Um so it's really kind of a one-stop shop, like you said, to get quick hitters, quick information, um, quick takes, quick opinions from the public on uh on the big stories in sports. I remember
0: this would have been probably six, seven, eight years ago. I come out of the woods from deer hunting and I'm sitting in my truck warming up and I'm looking at the spun and I called you and I said, how can a tennis story? I'm not even a tennis guy have gotten my attention. It was a great story. Again, Matt doesn't ask me to do that. I want to do it because I love the site. And I just want to say to all the listeners, thank you. We have literally added, we've had tens of thousands of viewers on the podcast It is blowing up. um, Thousands and thousands of subscribers. It's just growing so big. And I have such a great appreciation for you people. And because we have so many new people, I want to say this. And in our work at Sports Illustrated's Fan Nation, and again, you can go right in the description to get all the articles that we write about your beloved Raiders. Um, We don't talk down to fans, we don't insult fans, we give you information, we let you come up with your own opinion. One of the things that irritates me about the modern media, whether it's political or, or news or sports, everybody's trying to tell people what to think. And I'm sorry, the American people aren't stupid. I don't think maybe we go even a step farther. I don't think people are stupid. If you give them good information, are there some people that are going to make stupid opinions? Yes. But by and far, the majority of people, uh, regardless of where you are, politically or anything else, the majority of people are not going to make dumb decisions. I'm sorry, I still believe in in people. And so our purpose is to give you great information, to give you insider information, and then allow you to make the own opinion. So if you disagree with us, we're not going to get upset. I promise. Matt, I went through in three podcasts, breaking down the draft. And we're not going to redo that today, but I'm bringing you on because you are a national expert who I respect. Um, you are not an NFL guy, but you are one of the media guys. And I keep telling my my listeners and my viewers, you know, there are, I, I, I listen to people in the league, but there are also people outside of the league who I know their credentials, who I respect. You know, for example, uh, Mel Kuyper and Todd McShay really do a good job. And, one of the things that that neither of them are players, neither of them work in the league, but they do a good job of accumulating information uh, from people in the league. And you say, Hondo, how do you know that? Because the people in the league I talk to, I know talk to them. So they do a good job. I'm, I'm going to give those two really good credit. But they also make a national list. So if you're the Raiders... And, and you don't see an Aiden O'Connell on McShay or their board, it's because the majority of the NFL is a mobile quarterback league. And so if you're the Raiders and you don't ha- use a mobile quarterback system, so you're going to have Aiden O'Connell higher just because of how you do your boards or, or, whom, or whatever team you are. But uh, Matt has been in the business a long time. He's very well-respected. He's got great sources. I know some of his sources. And so I have him on and uh, just to talk about the Raiders. So let's go, first of all, Matt, I want to get your thoughts. Going into this draft, you know this, I've told you. Universally in the NFL, it was believed there were two guys that were dudes, and that was Will Anderson and Tyree Wilson. I would have, and I want to make this clear because I'm going to be fair. If it would have been my pick, I would have taken Will Anderson. But even though Will Anderson now is farther along than Tyree, Tyree is still infinitely farther along than anyone else. But Tyree also has a much bigger upside. So, I mean, I don't think Will's going to get exponentially better. And I think he's super good now. I think Tyree is super good now and I think he's can get exponentially better. But when you're at that pick, you got to take number one on your board. Now, having said that, I I had him and Will Anderson, one, a one B. So it's literally spitting hairs, but they go get Tyree Wilson at seven. They didn't have to make a trade. You know, this is the part that irritates me, Matt. You know, I love Raider Nation. (laughs) These people have been wonderful to me, um, I, I just have so much respect for them. You know how entrenched I was in the Big Ten. I wasn't going to leave covering the Big Ten, but I would have left. This is the only place I would have left. And all these Raiders are looking to trade. And what did I say? They're not going up ahead of five. And the guy they would go to five with is not going to be there. Now, they I also said they wanted to trade the pick if somebody would pay them more than what they thought they could get. If Tyree wouldn't have been there the Raiders would have traded seven, but nobody was willing to give them value. That was more than what they thought Tyree was. I thought this was a great pick. I thought it was a phenomenal pick. Um, A, 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 a A for me, your thoughts on what the Raiders got with Tyree Wilson. Well, we talked for months about
1: how if they held on to that pick at seven, they were going best defensive player available. They were looking for a high impact defensive player. Um, I think that I can't give it an A just because there is some risk involved. He's coming off an injury, he's a little bit raw. there's some things you have to develop there. So I can't say a, a full A yet, but I think it's a solid you know B, B B plus pick, I think him because of what he brings to the table. And when I looked at it like this, there were three guys there knowing what we know about the Raiders, what they their needs and their strategy. There were three guys there that they could have taken that would have made sense to me. One was Tyree Wilson. One would have been Jalen Carter, and we know about some of the the issues that Jalen Carter may may have had that dropped him on teams' boards. The other one we talked about Christian Gonzalez, uh, if they wanted to go for a cornerback. So those were the three guys they could have taken there that would have made sense. And I think when you look at what Tyree Wilson is, he has the highest potential uh, to be a, a stud out of those guys. You line him up across the next Crosby, who's an all pro. Um, I think that there's a, a as long as he's healthy, as long as that foot is good to go, he'll have a big, uh, potential big impact almost from the start there. I can't, like I said, can't give it an A just yet because he's a little bit raw. There are some questions about the, his, the health of that foot that he broke, but I think it's a good pick
0: overall. Yeah. And this is why you and I get along so good. I'm, we're not looking to echo each other. We're looking to get varying opinions. Next, I want to talk about the, the second pick. Uh, this is a guy that 35, they just stole him. Michael Mayer, the tight end out of Notre Dame. I know him and Kincaid on most boards were like Gonzalez and Witherspoon, 1A, 1B. Um, the majority of teams um, had uh, him ahead of Kincaid. And, but because there was so much depth in this tight end, People were like, "Okay, okay, well, I'm going to take this guy because I'll be able to get a tight end later." But here's the deal: I had told you this off on on the phone outside of our podcast. I never had Mayer slotted to them in a mock draft because never thought he'd be available. Right? I mean, I just it's like I never had Bryce Young. I never mm-hmm. had Will Anderson in and them to a mock draft. No chance. Never. If you would have told me going into this draft they got Tyree and Mayer, I'd have told you you were nuts. This was a steal. Now, I've mentioned before, he has the toughness of Mark Bavaro, the hands of Antonio Gates. This is a four-down guy. This is an old school. I could see Mayer playing with a leather helmet. (laughs) I love this pick, and I give it an A. Your
1: thoughts? Well, we are in lockstep here. I give it a definite A. And if you remember last week when you asked me for a guy who may surprise people, I said, he's not going to surprise people with the impact, but I picked Michael Mayer because I thought people were going to overthink it and cause him to drop. And that's exactly what happened. And the Raiders pounced right there at 35. He's not going to come in and do what Darren Wilder did. He's not a freak of nature. You move around the formation and and do a whole bunch of things with there. But what he's going to do is the guys that you mentioned, you know, like an old school Mark Bavaro. He's, um, Jason Witten is a comp I've seen thrown out a lot. Todd Heap, who had a really stellar career for, excuse me, for the Baltimore Ravens for a long time. That's the type of guy you get. He's going to do the dirty work. He's got no problem doing the dirty work to block for a Josh Jacobs. And then, you know, he may do that one play and the next play, he may catch a third and six to move the chains, uh, and keep your drive going. He was a really the only true consistent receiving threat that Notre Dame had this year.
0: He um, was the Notre Dame offense.
1: Basically for large portions of the year, he was the Notre Dame offense and teams were bracketing him and they were all over him and he was making plays left and right still. So uh, I think he's a kid that as long as he's healthy, he is going to play 10, 12 years in the league. No problem. Be a starting tight end and, and have a an excellent career.
0: Yeah, I agree. Next, I want to go to the third-round pick, number 70 overall. They go to Alabama and get Byron Young. Now, I want to explain this pick because we have literally thousands of new viewers. But the Raiders' internal middle rushing defense was horrible. It was really, really bad. And so this is a guy, they had two people ahead of Byron Young, for interior rushing defense. Kalijah Kansi, who was a complete, well, that was number one D-tackle on, on the board. Mm-hmm. Jalen Carter, too many issues. And not just the off-field issues with the teammate. There were weight issues. There were issues about... Um, pro day. The pro day. Pro day was terrible, but there were yeah. maturity questions. There were just a lot of issues with Jalen. I know several teams... I know for a fact people, oh, Jalen's still on the board. No, I, th- he was not on the board for them at seven. Just wasn't there. It's just like I was literally, people were talking about, oh, the Raiders are looking for alignment at seven. No, they were looking for, you. how many months did I tell you? Best, best defensive question. player available. But they had to do that to create interest in case of a possible trade. But no, they were not looking at for an offensive lineman at seven. Anyways, I'm sorry. I just I get frustrated when people. uh, I I want the Raider Nation to get the best information. Anyways, but Byron Young, there were other tackles they had higher on their board. Again, Clancy was one. Carter, talent wise, but he was not there. Uh, Down here, he would have been. But this is the guy that they had with their best interior rush defense grade as a tackle. He's ferocious. He's a beast. He has a motor. He just keeps coming. Now, he's only going to play first and second down. But they don't need him on third because now they can put Chandler Jones on one end, Max Crosby on the other, and move Tyree to the middle and do a three-man rush with three awesome pass rushers. They needed that interior gap filler. The space eater, Spillane, the middle linebacker they just signed from Pittsburgh. Why was he so good? Because they had space eaters in Pittsburgh that would take up a center guard and allow him to see the hole and react. I know there was a lot of people in Raider Nation that didn't like to pick, and that's fine. They're welcome to. I'm not God. But when you knew the need that the Raiders had, And he was the best available at the biggest need. This was a fit. Now, I've heard people say, well, why not go get a corner? Okay. They've signed a bunch of corners this offseason. You just don't know their name. And they felt like there was still plenty of good corners that they were going to get a highly valued corner. But there wasn't a lot of interior rush defense guys. And knowing that need, they go with Byron Young. I gave it a B. I thought it was a good pick for what the Raiders wanted what the Raiders desperately needed to get that guy to fill that role I know a lot of people didn't like it that's fine I know a lot of people on the league really respected it what was your thoughts on the Byron Young pick I think
1: a B is a solid grade there I think that it's not a sexy pick because a run stuffing DT in 2023 isn't right, but right. it's a nece- still a necessary role you need on your on your football team and like we had talked about you mentioned again today the Raiders didn't stop the run at all in 2022 so you knew they were going to this offseason look to shore up the middle of their defense whether it was at linebacker or especially up front um this guy came from Alabama and obviously gets overshadowed a little bit in the Alabama defense cuz he's doing some of the dirty work there uh in the middle as opposed to you know guys like um you know like Will Anderson or or Tenry Toto or or some of, one of their, their other pass rushers um But he he can fill a role, and I think that he's a guy who's coming in to play a specific role and be uh, counted on from day one. I think it's a solid pick. I think that he'll be a contributor early on. So I think a B uh, there in the third round uh, makes total sense.
0: Now, I want to go to the fourth round pick 104, and this is a pick. Raider Nation, boy, they went crazy. They, They hated this pick, and I don't think they hated the kid. I as you know, I broke the story that teams were calling on Hunter Renfro and I've been, I've been on this. I'm glad to see, you know, some other members of the media now are, are, are reporting what we reported months ago. And I don't expect Hunter Renfro to be here. I think after June 1st, he gets moved. Um, But they go out and get a guy who does what Hunter Renfro does. And, He's a slot receiver, but man, he's a lot faster than Hunter Renfro. He's also a guy that is a stone-cold killer on special teams. In fact, um, I know of several NFL teams that had him as their number one um, special teams player in the entire draft. Just as far as versatility, he'll do punt-receive, punt-kick, kick kick-return, kick kickoffs, I mean, he's going to do it all. And then, but he's a super fast, I mean, this guy brings lightning fast speed and he's got sure hands. You've got to see him a lot. You're, you're familiar with Trey Tucker. And if you know that you're going to be moving Hunter, or there's certainly the high possibility of it, I'm not reporting anything is imminent, but I don't expect him to be here. This is a very solid, good get. I know a lot of teams had him at one or two for a slot. He's a little bit smaller, but so was Julian Edelman. He is, you know, this is a Julian Edelman type player. I like this pick fourth round. Your thoughts?
1: He got overshadowed there a lot by Tyler Scott, who is the more productive, um, the bigger name receiver at Cincinnati. I have to admit, I was a little surprised at the pick, but it makes more sense in the context of what you're saying is that there's a good chance they move on from Hunter Renfro because that gives this this kid a chance to have an impact uh, in the slot. And again, you're talking about Josh McDaniels, how much he, coming from New England, values slot receiver. They've always had productive slot receivers, and they were able to kind of move from one to the next, whether it was Welker, uh, Julian Edelman, Danny Amendola, a bunch of different guys. Um, I think they'll make use of his speed right away. And I think that when you are taking a kid with that type of special teams ability as a top 100 pick, you're banking on him being your return man almost from day one. So I think at the very least, he comes in there and they believe he can make an impact and returns from day one. And then if Hunter Renfro was gone and they see how he fits in as a slot receiver, I think it's a a little bit of a – I understand why fans were a little bit taken aback because there were guys on the board – who are receivers um who had you know higher profiles were you know got more public pub than than this kid did um but I understand the football sense
0: behind what the Raiders did there. Yeah I agree with <clears throat> you. And, and and again Raiders had to get better. I mean you gotta have somebody to fill that slot. And they have not had the speed that Trey brings since Henry Ruggs and we saw last year not having somebody who could spread that who could get the field spread out this makes Devontae adams better because when you've got that speed you've got to take that speed into account but also you then upgraded your special teams which were not good last year so i mean it was it was, a, it, was a, it was a good move when you understand all the holes he fills and and, and i need to explain this to fans You have to understand the Josh McDaniels, Dave Ziegler system. They like versatility. They like guys that do a ton of different things. Here's why. Because now you got Trey Tucker, but he's also a huge impact guy on special teams. So then maybe you don't have to keep a guy just to be a punt returner, and it opens a slot maybe for a different defensive player. So versatility, when you got guys that cover a lot of positions, it really allows your roster to be versatile. Then I want to talk to you about a guy they picked. Um, I'm sorry, you're right. They took I said Tucker fourth at 104. It was not. It was number 100 in the third round. I apologize about that. But the fourth round pick at 104 is a guy that I really liked. This is a guy I'm trying to think of how I want to word him. I mean, he's a corner, but he's a headhunter. Um, <laughs> this is a guy they had with a with a second round grade. This is why I said they went with a Byron Young because there were so many guys on their board. They thought they would still get somebody. Um, His weakness is that he is so unafraid to come up and pop somebody on the run that Patrick Mahomes is not Peyton Thorne at Michigan State. No. And so Patrick Mahomes is the best quarterback in the National Football League, and this kid can run full speed towards the line of scrimmage stop on a dime, give you nine cents change and whip it down the field without setting his feet. And so he's going to have to stay with his guy till the quarterback crosses the, off the line of scrimmage Um, or his guy's going to get separation and be a touchdown. But he's a head hunter. He's aggressive. It's an old school Raider pick. I mean, I'm going to hit you. I'm going to put my helmet on your chin, but he's a thinker. He's got a big upside as a football IQ guy. This is not a guy that makes a ton of mistakes. You know him from Maryland. Ja'Cory Bennett. Ja'Cory and Bennett. Man, talk about this kid. I thought this was a good pick. Uh, I I I gave it an A. I thought a good pick. I I
1: thought this was definitely a solid pick there. He got overshadowed. Again, uh, Deontay Banks was their top corner. Ended up going in the first round to the Giants. So Bennett kind of wasn't as... Highly, highly thought of as obviously banks was banks was the bigger prospect but Bennett does bring a lot He was a pretty good frame to the position got good speed he has a willingness to hit like you said i think that he can he has some of that versatility because in addition to playing corner he might have the skill set to even play a little bit of safety if down the road if they needed him there i think in the fourth round you you if you're going for a defensive back and they needed corners, they we talked about how they needed corners. They signed a couple of guys in the offseason. We knew they'd be drafting at least one at some point uh, this, in the draft. Uh, I think he, this is a good spot for him. He was looked at as an early day three guy, and I think that's where they that's where they got him. So I would give that a solid B-plus pick right there.
0: All right, now we go to the fourth round pick, 135, and I gave this a B. This is Aiden O'Connell. Now, you got to understand. Um, this is a guy that had he come out after 21, many people had him projected as a first or, or very high second round quarterback. They had, they, he had a lot, a lot of love. Now, he was not, remember, we talked about McShay and Kuyper, how they do their, their boards. The majority of the NFL is a quarterback running league now. And so he wasn't as high on, on their boards because he's a statue. He's going to stand in the pocket till the very last second. He's tough as nails. Um, I'm not calling him Tom Brady, but his style is Tom Brady. He's extremely accurate. So he comes back in 22. A lot of people thought, oh, man, he's making a mistake. But he wanted an opportunity. There were some things that 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 program had to battle through, some changes. But I, I would tell anyone: put on the tape the Big Ten championship game, watch him. You know, watch, watch what he did. Um, me, the game against Michigan, excuse me. But this is a guy in the Josh McDaniels system. With what Josh McDaniels does, you know, there were some concerns about Hooker. None of it character and football, but just the healing of his body. That this is a guy that comes in, he's going to be a fourth rounder, he's going to be an immediate backup, but it's a guy that would not shock me if he becomes the starter at some point. He can play, he's smart, he's a leader, he's loved in the locker room. I thought this was a solid pick based on their system. Now let me just say something. If I was the general manager of the Raiders, they'd be running an offense with a mobile quarterback, but I'm not the general manager. And just because you want them to run it doesn't mean it's fair to grade players on the system you want. You judge them on the system the Raiders had. I gave this a beat, and I really like O'Connell. I've watched him play a ton in person in, in the stadium as well as on television. Your thoughts on O'Connell? I think – excuse me. I think that, you
1: know, we had talked about, again, during all your mock that you were going to go and see – them go with a developmental type quarterback uh in the in the middle rounds. Uh, you for, you had said Tanner McKee was the guy we talked about a ton on here from Stanford. Um I've seen a couple of you know one or two sources or outlets that had O'Connell slightly ahead of Tanner McKee. Mm-hmm. But they're similar type of players. They're smart, they're experienced, they're tough. They're mostly going to perform in the pocket, but you can use them a little bit in the play action game or uh, functionally outside the pocket, the way Josh McDaniels wants to. And the way that uh, it shapes up is now you got a guy who is your, your QB three to start. And maybe you have a guy who becomes a cheap and reliable backup quarterback and you got him for only a mid round pick. Um, and other, you know, that's the worst case scenario. Best case scenario is maybe he, you find uh you know, a low cost starter, a guy that's capable uh, down the line when Jimmy Garoppolo leaves or if Jimmy Garoppolo does get hurt, uh, you find a guy who's who's a capable starter and maybe he's your bridge to your eventual franchise guy.
0: You know, I want to talk about the Tanner McKee thing because I had the Raiders taking him in the fourth round all along um, because he was their number two guy in that. Well. Hendon Hooker was their first guy in that second tier, but again, he he started following off, falling off. Matter of fact, let, let's go back. I want to rephrase that because I want to be one hundred percent accurate. They had hundred and they had one guy at their top, and I'm going to tell everybody who that is on Friday, Thursday or Friday. Then they had another group of guys. They had Hendon Hooker right there, Aiden O'Connell, and Tanner McKee. But when Hendon's, when there was concern about how fast is he healing, okay, we're going to take that. And then it was Aiden. They did not expect, I know this for a fact, they they targeted, they wanted to get a quarterback probably in round four. That's why in, all, in my mocks, I had him taking a quarterback in round four the, after I took Hendon off. And they didn't think Aiden would be there that's why I went Tanner McKee because he was their second choice all the time and I was shocked Aiden O'Connell was there I know a lot of people were but uh yeah that I, I think it was a good pick I think he could become a starter not saying he will but you got to remember people at home next year's quarterback class is exponentially better than this year's quarterback class so you, you take a run on him at four. You like them. You keep them. You keep them developed. But just remember next year's quarterback class is a really good quarterback class. Matt, the last pick we're going to talk about today is a guy in the fifth round at 170, Chris Smith, the safety out of Georgia. And you're right. Ja'Corian Bennett could also slide up and play safety. I think he's going to start at corner, but I think that's that's where he could go, injury or whatever. But this guy... I mean, was highly rated on a ton of boards. The Georgia guy. Just go put in the tape of the national championship games. I mean, he's making plays at the highest level in the biggest games. Another headhunter. You could really see in this draft what the Raiders were doing. They wanted guys, loved football, tough, aggressive headhunters. I love this. In fact, I want to look at my notes because I want to make sure I gave this pick an A also, but Chris Smith, the safety out of Georgia. I know you liked him too. I'd like to hear your thoughts.
1: I think this honestly might have been my favorite pick for the Raiders outside of Michael Mayer at in the second round in terms of value. I think that you're getting a guy who's played against the best of the best, been part of the best defense in college football for two years, a major part of it. Obviously did not get. He wasn't the type of prospect and didn't have the type of shine that some of these other guys had, you know, Jalen Carter and Keely Ringo and Nolan Smith and, um, you know, coming out this year. But he had a huge impact. He's a really solid football player. He's a guy that's going to come in and contribute from day one on specials, and he's going to be a factor in your defense uh, from day one. He's not going to be, you know, a dynamic Ed Reed, Troy Polamalu. I mean, obviously those guys are one in a million. But that type of guy who's, you know, playing deep center field all the time and making plays Ron like Harmon. that. Yes, right, exactly. But what he can do is he can, he can play against the run. He can help give you value against the pass. Uh, he brings a lot of experience, a lot of toughness, a lot of intangibles to the table as well. Uh, I really, really like this pick for them in a the fifth round.
0: Awesome. All right, Matt, next week, I want to look at the Raiders roster with you. We're going to go through it. We're going to talk about it. We're going to look at some UDFAs. Um, we're going to look at the draft picks. We're going to look at just the roster in totality. It's going to be a really, if you're a Raider fan, man, next week's going to be red meat as we really dig in on the roster. Look at some things we're going to talk make talk about some guys that, that maybe won't make it guys that will, It's just going to be a lot of fun. I'm really looking forward to it. As always, I'm Hondo Carpenter from Sports Illustrated's Fan Nation, Las Vegas Raiders Insider Podcast here on the Fans First Sports Network. He is the editor and publisher of thespun.com. And more importantly, literally one of my dear buddies, my brother. I love him so much. The great Matt Halatic from thespun.com. Thanks again, my friend. Anytime. Always a pleasure, buddy. Thanks.